0: Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello. Welcome back to <laughs> He Shoots, He Draws but I'm, We're not going to edit this. We're keeping this one. All right, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do a different intro no. because every week you say, hello, welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws Podcast. now I don't want to sound it like, Let's go like it's it. autopilot. Yeah. So it's us. We're back. Hello there. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> if you've been listening to the show, you'll obviously know we try and get a nice balance of guests, of us doing chats. Um, And occasionally we have a guest that does pop back for a second visit. Now, we did say very early on that if we have someone back for a second visit, it would generally be in person. Now, we've had to break the rules on a a couple of occasions now because these two instances were more about a subject than sitting talking to the person. The first one was Alan Hess, which we did for Comic-Con because I wanted to talk about Comic-Con. This guy, Dickie Pelham, um, I interviewed on my own... Actually, July 2018, he was at the World Cup. And uh, we did actually, I did mention it in the episode. We did record, I did record another episode with him, which was a follow-up. And England got knocked out of the World Cup. We just binned it. But there are <laughs> so the up. hidden the hidden Dicky tapes. Um, So, Glyn being the massive sports fan that he is. <laughs> no,
1: I, I do, listen, I do like, listen, before you go on, I'm going to say yeah. now, let's get this. Dicky. I'm not avoiding you. All right, I did see you in March. I know, and it's been a while now, but I'm not avoiding you. I'm just really
0: busy at the minute. Sorry mate. He's a little bit busy. But we I said I did mention we did our first ever and only at the moment live He Shoots He Draws podcast on stage Absolutely. At the show. show. Yeah. Dickie was our guest and what a great guest he was. And we got up and And yes, I was point, primed
1: with questions to ask because I didn't
0: know who exactly. the players were, but hey, I bluffed it well. Yeah, how did he bat that football into the net? (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to get Dickie back on because this guy's been in the industry for like 30 years and that man slogs. And like a lot of good photographers, they put in the hours. Mm -hmm. And Dickie got offered a book deal. I mean, I think over a few years, people had said, mate, you should have a book. And Pitch Publishing came along and they, uh, they pitched it to him. And here to go through, and he talks about the process of finding the images. But Dickie's got a book out. It's now available on Amazon. I do mention it at the end of the podcast. But if you are a sports fan and you love sports photography, it's a book called A Life Behind the Lens. And that's why I wanted to get Dickie back on. So the book had just come out. I just received a copy of it. It's a monster of a book, isn't it? It's massive. The, the body of work in there, mate, and the events he's done from, you know, like, His first shot, and it's chronological as well, which is really cool because you kind of see the story. And he starts off uh, obviously with film, and then moves into digital. But we talk about the book, we talk about some of the images, we talk about some of the stories he's got. And again, there's a lot of this where we had in an interview when we spoke to Matt Hayward from Adobe and other photographers about professionalism Mm -hmm. and how you behave and the relationship you build with these people. And Dickie talks about that as well. It's a really good interview. I love it, chatting. It to Certainly Dickie. is, yeah, because I've obviously edited um, it, and it's
1: just—I I was kind of gutted that I wasn't with you for it, but
0: I got the—you know—the second best. I got to listen to it first. Exactly. I like some of those episodes where we go solo and we get to listen to it as as a as a listener. Yeah, it's really good fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm going to take the reins. Yeah, on this you go one. and lead in with it. Yeah, and I'm going to go, Dicky. Who are you? Again. Again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am Richard Pelham and I'm the Chief Sports Photographer of The Sun newspaper. But now I'm an author.
0: Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we spoke to Dickie was way back in 2018 and he was our first sports photographer. In fact, he's been our only sports photographer on. So you're the benchmark, mate. But we, sp- I actually spoke to you. You were in Russia. You were following England in the Football World Cup. Uh the nation was full of hope. We were full of hope. We were going to do a little series of, of podcasts where we were going to t- chat at each game right up to the final. I think we did one more, and then we went home. So, so we've actually got the hidden dicky tapes somewhere that we will we will put out one day as uh, when we do like a special little thing on the website, but. Um, <laughs>
2: Bring, that brings back some... That brings back Mad from St. petersburg that does.
0: That was, that was a funny trip. I remember you telling us all the stories. And if you want to go back, Dickie, there is a previous episode. I'll put it in the show notes where Dickie talks about the whole World Cup and, and stuff that he'd done. He talks about his career. And I will put a link for the interview you did with Mark Hirons as well on Creative, Creative Waffle, because that was a good one. But just tell us sort of what you've been... Oh, what you've been up to over the past year, you lazy sod?
2: Yeah, lazy sod. Uh, I've been writing a book, as you well know. But I haven't been writing. I've been collating thirty years' worth of pictures, and uh, that was hard enough. I had a, a little operation on my toes, so the eight weeks of uh, sitting around helped. And trawling all the hard drives, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, trying to find these pictures. Once I got better, I uh, had to go into the uh, into the into the vaults and find all the negatives. That was real fun. It was, it was just incredible going back and to some of the early negative stuff that I needed to find. I wanted a better scan of them. But to yeah. be fair, the the olden day scans were just as good. On a, We used to use these old Kodak scanners. They were so, so good. They really were. And they, they come out perfect. It was stuff from uh, Euro 96, Gaza's goal. There was the Olympics games in 96. Uh, uh, what else was there? My first Olymp- uh, Olympics Michael Johnson picture. And there was other stuff as well. There was some news pictures that I wanted as well, some black and whites. There was a, a thing called the poll tax riots in Hackney. That's at the start of the book as well because I had to do a bit of news that. in them days just to uh, pay the mortgage as well as doing sports. So I, you know I had to do my, my news stints. as a nice one, a Princess Diana as well. That was that was nice. Uh, then in the sporting world, I went. I started back at work. We had uh, an amazing football season, didn't we? With uh, Tottenham, I'll have to say that hardly actually.
0: Just before you start talking about them, Tottenham, the yeah. enemy for you. Yeah. I just want to roll back a little bit because we we had you on stage. Uh, so there's a big event in the UK called The Photography Show, and it has like 30,000 people over four days. And we had Dickie as a guest, and we did our first and currently only live episode of He Shoots He Draws, and Dickie was our guest. And at that time, you'd already had the nod that you were going to do the book and we kind of i think we picked like 10 images and got you up on stage and got you talking about But when you were talking about the scans, going back, looking through your images, you actually said you found a few old treasures from that, that weren't yours that but were historical pictures. So do you want to mention a couple of them quickly? Because I thought that was fascinating, what, what you were coming across.
2: We had a, a really good uh, librarian. His name was Michael Jennings, and he's in there. And, and all the time they are finding these gems, and, and he showed me. He found the uh, glass plate negative of Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister was a very famous athlete in the UK and he broke the four minute mile. And I, I saw this glass plate image of him breaking the, the, the four minute mile, it, holding a piece of history like that in your hand. It's just absolutely incredible. He absolutely, found they also yeah. found Muhammad Ali versus uh, Emory Cooper at Highbury, the world title fight. And wow. they are such great images and they're all on glass plate as well. Incredible images they found Olympic Games from the last Olympics in London, saw them, they 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 were just beautiful. And it, it's true what a real uh, great inspiration to me, a photographer called Monty Fresco says, that our future is in our past, because that, that's what he did when he finished his great career at the Daily Mirror, because he was a brilliant photographer. He went into an agency and they were buying libraries and he tells this amazing story. They were in... Uh, St Bride's Church in Fleet Street, uh, and that held the library of I think it was United United Press International, and all of the negatives were in the crypt at the church, and they and they, he was collating and collating. They were they were putting them in vans and they were sending them up to Northampton to be archived, and there was this one final chest, and he thought, oh, I better have a look at that, and they pulled the tarpaulin off, and it had it was a big chest and it had a big uh bolts on it a big lock big padlock so they hammered the uh padlock off opened it up and they had 10 by 8 glass plate negatives of scott at the antarctic
0: no way
2: yeah yeah i think i hear they obviously copied the material etc etc and they and then they donated the uh to the natural i think the natural history museum something like that but they, he found the Scott of the Antarctic. Next,
0: that's incredible. It's, just, it's quite frightening actually to think how many images are out there. I mean, even now you still find these ones pop out, like the Beatles' first live performance in yeah in, at some garden fête or yeah, and and they're just in someone's drawer, in an attic, or in a box. It's I I, I, dare, I don't even want to think about what images are out there that are that have been taken by some you know great grandfather of someone that have just. Mm, I've got a really
2: good friend. Yeah, I've got a really good friend and he's got a, uh, a gallery coming out very, very soon. And it's called uh, uh, Pop Stars, Pop Stars and Boxers. And he's got the Rolling Stones on there. He's got Muhammad Ali on there. He's got all the old time pictures. He was a great photographer for the Daily Express. His name was Mickey Brennan. But he's got this exhibition coming up. But Yeah. That'll be so so good. I can't wait to
0: go to it. Yeah, it just shows like the power of photography, and like you say, that our our history being captured.
2: Yeah.
0: By and you're thinking, but when you think back then, it's like you look at you look at you now at a football match or or the Olympics. Mm. You've got this digital camera that's firing off like. Um, Taking images, and then you go back to these moments like Roger Bannister yep. crossing the line. That guy's got like one shot and a camera that's a box yep. with a hole in it. And that's what I find incredible that the skill and artistry of capturing a moment with that one shot back then is it, just unbelievable.
2: Well, like, a, uh, okay, I'll blow I'll my own trumpet, but this one, the, the Michael Johnson picture is in the book. I, was, I, was, I didn't even need to be at the track on that day. It was nothing to do with me, that race, but I just wanted to be there. And I captured this one image of Michael Johnson coming across the line. He's got the scoreboard, the time, everything, and he, he broke the Olympic record after 17 years. And it's it's just an iconic image. You know, people are said, "With that, is an iconic image you took there." And it's, it's it's a wonderful story in the book about it. How we had this—he's
0: uh, like in the air, isn't he? He's not; his feet aren't even touching the ground. He's got his gold running shoes on. His arms are out, and the times yeah. right behind him: two hundred meters, nineteen point three two seconds.
2: That's it, yeah, that's it. But in those days, we were on negative, and so you only had thirty-six exposures in your your cannon. That's all you had. It was all about well, it's timing now. You know, timing's crucial. You know, these mirrorless cameras that do 20 frames a second, you've still got to time it. Yeah. You know, I, I knew I had something. You couldn't look at the back of the camera because then, days, you know, there was no looking at the back of the camera. You had to wait to get back to the dark room. So you go back to the dark room, and we had this brilliant old white, uh, dark room man, Marcello. He's gone off and dev the film. He's puffing on his cigarette. It's coming, <laughs> coming soon. It's coming soon, Dickie. Don't worry. Go and get a coffee. <laughs> You know, twenty five minutes later, and he comes out, and he's got the hairdryer going, and he's drying the films because he used to dry them on hairdryers. It was just so good. Then Marcello goes, "Here, here's your film," and I'm I'm looking at it on a on a light box, and I've got and I stopped, and it's in the book. Wow! <laughs> and then Marcello looks at it, and in his little voice, he goes, Dickie, it's an absolute beep belter." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, have you? before we go into what you I know the original question was what we've done in the past year got asked one question in those early days did you ever have one of those events where you pulled that film out the back and you got nothing I'm not talking lens cap on because I know you'd never do that because you're a pro but have you ever had an event where you've like got absolutely bollocked because you got nothing
2: not so much that I remember shooting a royal having no film filming the camera I was photographing the Queen and I forgot to put film in the colour back. But luckily, oh dear because when you when you turn an old Hasselblad back, you turn the crank and you if you haven't got no film in it, you can't feel the resistance in the crank. So I just knew, and right. I had another one in my pocket. It's like, oh, put the put the put the sheath back in, put it back on, and, and luckily the experience i got away with because i knew it was like a an old bus ticket machine you remember you used to wire the tickets yeah out? yeah yeah so you'd know but today you wouldn't unless you set your digital camera to do you want to take a picture without a disc in it, it you, you can't do it can you it's impossible
0: exactly there you go kids even the pros make mistakes so so going back to my original question the past year you, you left the world cup in july yeah um what what kind of happened from then because obviously we've had a whole football season as well
2: one of the best football seasons ever. Tottenham Hotspur were battling against Liverpool and then against uh, Manchester City. Champions League was amazing. VAR came into the Champions League at late stages. We, uh, we finally got to the, down to the nitty-grit. City won the Premier League. They made great pitches on the final day of the season at Brighton with a trophy, etc. And then we had the Champions League final with Tottenham Hotspur and uh, Liverpool in the Champions League final. It turned out to be a rubbish final, but great pictures at the end, so it was perfect. Usual summer went on, but we had a, a thing called the Cricket World Cup here, didn't we? Uh, and that was yeah. it was so much. And then I had the Women's World Cup as well, so I was driving in and out of France doing the Women's World Cup. I had Wimbledon. I had that England didn't start too good in the Cricket World Cup, but uh, they got to the uh, we got to the final, didn't we? We played New Zealand, and it was one of the most amazing cricket matches ever you know it had the super over didn't it
0: yeah like going to penalties we won won a World Cup we won a World Cup on
2: a penalty shootout didn't we it was just so so
0: good see that's that's the one thing in my favour is even though I was too young to remember it England have won a football World Cup in my lifetime. Yeah, we never saw. I it wasn't though. quite one, no, <laughs> no, nah, but, nah, nah. but it, but it was there. Yeah, and for you as well. But so, just going back to the the well, well, we'll roll back into the football season. So obviously, last last football season for our American friends that are listening, soccer is obviously we we've got yeah, soccer. We've got the Premier League, and obviously you know Manchester United, Chelsea, and Manchester City, and it, and it was a real three horse race. Really, it was Man City, Liverpool, and Tottenham, and and for. For for quite some time, any one of them three could have got it. Yeah. So as the season's gone on, you're obviously being pulled like you got to cover this match, you got to cover that match. Could you? I mean, would you would you have been able to call it yourself, having seen the games and seen what was going on? I mean, would you have put money on Man City winning it, or did did you think at one point Tottenham might have had it? It was
2: that's that's a horrible thing to say, but uh, because uh, you know my loyalty to them. But I, I just fancied City all the way. I just couldn't see them losing. Just couldn't see them losing it. But Liverpool, you could see Liverpool going on to win the Champions League. But then <laughs> Spurs went to beat Manchester City, didn't they, in that in that epic yeah. VAR match at, at Manchester City? Then they got to the semi final. They lost the first leg, went 2 0 down in the second half in the semi final, come back and won 3 2. And you think, oh, the gods are with them. They could end up winning the Champions League, couldn't they? It was just an yeah. incredible season incredible season
0: and for anyone listening who doesn't know what var is so basically i don't know how much of this is an american sport but what's been introduced in football is like a virtual assistant referee so when there's a contentious decision what they do is they refer to the slow-mo replay and then they can look at like did the ball go over the line was the player offside the thing is what what's happened this season without going too deep into this is they're now looking at the match while it's being played and they're now contacting the referee through an earpiece to say actually something happened here that means this goal won't stand or um, absolutely Americans won't get offside but there's even things now you can be offside by an elbow or a kneecap or an armpit but or a, or a toe so, anything or a toe so yeah so so it's been quite a contentious thing but it only got introduced at the end of last year so when dickie's talking about VAR basically what happened was somebody scored a goal and it was disallowed because of like someone's elbow being offside it was or a handball that wasn't really handball so it, it, it apart from all the excitement you get from a football match You know, Dickie's now sitting there taking images of these players doing, scoring these great goals and doing these celebrations, thinking, yes, I've got it. You know, the players jumped up in front of me and then it's all going back to VAR and it's all been disallowed.
2: Yeah, I think the guys in the the MLS have got it as well. I think they've had it for nearly two seasons over there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. But now at the start of the season, the players are now doing these amazing celebrations, running away. But they're now starting to think, oh, is it a goal? That's, what, it, that's yeah. what it's got down to, isn't it? That's what it's got down to. It's going to. to kind of kill
0: it for you because Correct. they're not going to pull emotion. it off the celebration. You're not going to get the shot of the emotion yeah, and no, it's no. just going to be difficult. But in, interesting time. So you did the, you then went and did the women's world cup as well. How long were you out there for? How much of that did you do?
2: It's horrible to say. I was begging and begging and begging to get out there from early stages, but they only let me go for the semi-finals. So I went out for when England played USA in that semi-final. So I was due to go there. I could have got 10 days if England would have beaten the USA and we played this amazing game with the USA, didn't we? And VAR came into that game as well because there was a foul on our forward and they didn't give it. And all of a sudden, two minutes later, referee, you better look at this. And then the ref had to go and look at it. Then she gave a penalty to us. We missed the penalty, which would have really put us in the final, but... The Americans were so good. They're so so good at, at soccer. Yeah, really you got are. to take
0: the hat off. too so, I mean, I I remember my my eldest daughter. She plays football and and like she obviously watched the World Cup. And I think the Americans have definitely led the way in in women's football yeah. because they adopted it so quickly and it was like such a huge sport for kids out there. And I love it because I've got American friends and I'm seeing the boys and their girls playing football playing soccer at school which yeah. is really encouraging because it's now it's finally being accepted as a as a sport and you know it, a, t- a team they can have that can actually take part in international tournaments
2: yeah well we play we played against girls in the world cup in when was the world cup in 94 we played against girls you know i was with Ireland we were in the world cup yeah and the girls were coming over they said oh can we play with them we went yeah, and like he was getting a elbow in the head and everything. They were so competitive and really wanted to play football. It was great, incredible. Yeah,
0: and it was and it was great to watch. I mean, as as a tournament, I think it did so much for women's football, and it's great yep. now, obviously, yep. seeing. Um, you know, I mean, even in your in your industry, I know we've re- we're not going to name her, but we've recently tried to get one of your fellow photographers, who sadly we couldn't for other reasons. But it's nice now that I'm guessing you know there's more female photographers getting more into the sport and being able to get in and get accreditation and go to the matches and actually be taken seriously because that must have been so hard over the years to break into 100%. football as well. Yeah,
2: definitely yeah, but there's some great young photographers around, getty images have employed, you know, three or four really good, decent girls. They've got a brilliant football photographer, Calf. There's Naomi who does a you know, football. She does rowing and stuff like that. I'm sorry if I don't mention anybody else, but but I've just got my mind's back But as Charlotte, she's really good at well offside. She's a great football photographer. She's got a great boss in Mark Deleche who's teaching her. So yeah, it's great. That there's women football around.
0: So then you came back from the yeah because you had quite a condensed little. You had the Champions League, then you had the World Cup. You came back. You did the cricket, and yeah. then you had tennis as well.
2: Yeah, and they went. Then you remember we had England as well in Portugal, England in Portugal in that nation's league We, we got was automatically in the semi-final, lost the semi-final, but then we got to the third, fourth playoff, won a penalty shootout. So I was finally seeing England win another penalty shootout, and then yeah, it was back to Wimbledon, as you just said, two weeks at Wimbledon in and out because of the Cricket World Cup, and then it was a Cricket World Cup final at, at the home of cricket at Lords, and uh, that was just a match that you know had never been repeated, will it? What happened?
0: So in amongst all that, you managed to put together. A bunch of images that came out as a 320-page book. Wow. Let's just give the book a quick mention. It's called "A Life Behind the Let Lems, "Lems," "A Life Behind the Lens" by Richard Pelham, your proper name. Um, Thirty years of award-winning photography of sports' most iconic moments. This book is a beast, and it is. Abs- I love it, mate. I couldn't wait for it to be delivered. I and and I was, you know, I'm I'm going through it. I showed my boys, and it was just. You know what I've scratched the surface with you with the images you've shown and we've spoken about, and I'm looking through thinking I didn't know he took that, I didn't know he took that. Oh crikey, he was there! Oh, I didn't know he he met that person. So the books in chronological order, which I think is great because I, I think it's good to see how we go from you know your early start right through to the Cricket World Cup. So just to just start off at the beginning i know we we did cover your kind of entry into photography in the last interview but in those sort of first couple of years of sport where you're earning your stripes um i won't use the r word (laughs) but you're earning your stripes how did you find it in the beginning um especially like not knowing not knowing the sports people to start i know we're going to talk about this later on mm. but being like new into the sport and like you're doing boxing you're doing football what did you do to sort, kind of develop relationships in the places you work it's not just about the sports people it's the people who like let you in and you know run what's going on security what age were you when you started not you know i'm just looking at the first couple of pictures like even up to 95 and yeah, you've got Gascoin, you've got Linica. I mean, we're talking about football at the moment, but golf. You, you're earning your stripes at this stage. What kind of things do you remember from that time where you were maybe like accepted and adopted by by the sports people?
2: You had to earn their respect and trust. You couldn't. Uh, you was you was being put into a privileged situation with the all these top sports stars, and you see things. You never say anything. You can't say nothing. You know, it's, it's complete trust. And when you need something back, you're going to get it back for these people. But today's sports style, you know, with Twitter, Instagram, everyone's everyone's a photographer. Everyone's got an iPhone, haven't they? Anything, they're waiting to capture these sort of people up to no good. But in them days, they weren't around. It was me with my camera around my shoulder and it was, I, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> maybe you know in some situations okay you might have been a hero for a day but you wouldn't have been a hero for the rest of your career
0: so that was one of the things i was going to say let's talk about it now is obviously quite early on you're developing relationships with sports stars yeah i guess as you know when you're young and keen it's if something happens in front of you you're just thinking you've got this moral dilemma do i take a photograph of this and be uh like paparazzi style capture it don't worry about the consequences, I've got the shot. A hero or for the day, t- a hero for the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or turn a blind eye and earn the respect of something. I'm, I'm guessing you've had situations like that. You don't have to name names, but I'm sure you've got a couple of situations where you've thought, "Nope, Dickie, put the camera down.
2: I've had a, a situation, I was allowed into a boxing gym to, uh, I need you to photograph this boxer because he had a really big uh, fight coming up very, very soon, a really big fight. And something happened in the gym that I saw, and turned a black, uh, and I turned a blank eye to it. I, I wouldn't say anything. And uh, when the, the boxer was sweating down, warming down, and he said to me, "I suppose I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to be in the paper tomorrow, on the front page or the back page." And I went, "I don't know what you're talking about." And he went, "You know what I'm talking about." I said, "I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything." He had his world title, you know, he had his world title fight, and he kissed me after it, and he said, "Thank you for not saying anything." <laughs> Because it could have ruined. It could have, It could have ruined if his opponent had found out what had gone on.
1: Mm.
2: It wasn't nothing too bad, but you just why? Why? Why do something like that? You know, you're supporting these people as well. You know, your fans. You want to. You want These people. You want to see them win. So
0: yeah yeah of course and that's the thing like like you said before it's you this is relationship building it's like any walk of life and you know i know it's i know it happens in other walks of life and yeah you you have to respect the environment you're in the responsibility you've got and it's not just i've got to go and take a photograph of something it's you know, you'll you'll be going back to the Olympics. You'll be going back to the boxing arenas. You'll be yeah. you'll be in and around these people over and over again. And and the book shows. You know, you're going through it, and it's you you can see a series. You know, through the ages of certain footballers, certain mm. it boxing, boxing matches, that. You, you have to have that position with them. Otherwise, like you say, you're just going to be like a weekend warrior. You're going to go in with the gear, flash yeah. flash off your new Nikon or whatever, Canon, yeah. and, and think, well, because I've got the gear I deserve to be here. Yeah. But it's way much more 100%. than doing it.
2: Look at, you know, look at the forward in the book. Ian Wright forwards it for me. People in America might know who he is. But in England, I, I rang. I said, Ian, do me one big favour. I'll be honest. Can you forward my book for me? And he went, of course I can. I went. Cheers, thanks. I said, right, something <laughs> then, and you know the the funny story and things like that. But that's what it was like in the early days. It was just this trust. It just it went. It you know that's that's what it was. It was a code of conduct in a way, you know.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that I think it's a really good lesson to learn in, in yeah. photography is if you want a career out of it, you just got to, you've got to learn those lessons in the early days, and and you know, it's like you, you say, you can be in it, your hero for a day, or. Yeah you know, a well-respected author 30 years later.
2: Kent, I told you, you know, the story that someone's going to come on your podcast very soon with, Kent Gavin.
0: Yeah, Kent, yeah. He
2: he photographed the royal family and he photographed the christening of uh, Prince William and he had the guts to say to the Queen, don't you think your mother should be in this picture, Mom?" And she went, yes, you're totally right. Come over here, wow. mate, and get in the middle. <laughs> you know, you're speaking to a member of the royal family, but you can see... There's the respect both ways, isn't it? It's not just in like in sports photography. It's news photography. It's showbiz. You know, Dave Hogan is a great you know yeah, rock know and roll, yeah, great rock and roll photographer, etc. Showbiz, everything, and he's got on with the best of them. Elton John, everyone, Rolling Stones. You know, and...
0: have you ever been tempted to? Obviously, you've been doing sport all your life, and and, and very good at it. You are too. Uh, were you ever was there ever a time where you were offered something that you kind of wished you know could you have ended up doing music could you have ended up doing motorsport or did you kind of stick to your guns and go no like this is what i'm good at i love boxing i love football um That's that's like my bread and butter. And I know you're working for The Sun, so obviously it's a British British newspaper, therefore it's stuff close to home. But was there ever a time where you maybe could have gone off down another path with with what you were offered?
2: I did. Before The Sun, I was at an agency called Alpha, and we photographed, met the royal family, and Diana was, she was the big one, you know. And and that was like sports photography. It was 300 mil, 500 mil, get a beautiful portrait, as you see the portrait in the book of Diana.
0: But, you know...
2: I used to, you know, wham, I photograph wham, I photographed Prince, I photographed Elton John, I've done concerts. Uh, yeah, I've done Elton John in concert. Yeah, it was great. But I, I, you know, after two years, I had the opportunity, and I and I and I took it. You know, I, I I wrote a cheeky little letter to the picture editor of the Sun and said, "Can I have some shifts?" And uh, the, you know, the rest was history. You know, I I took the chance. My wife backed me. uh, you know, we had a mortgage at the time. Can you afford to jump jump out of your, you know, your staff True, job? Yeah. It, it worked bad money for my age, but can you afford to jump out and, and hopefully someone's going to ring the phone up and give you jobs? And luckily, you know, I, I had a couple of uh, really good hits in the news days like that picture early in the book of the poll tax riots. You know, that's that's a frightening thing when people are fighting and throwing bottles and everything else at the police in, in pitch black and you're trying to photograph it as well let me
0: tell you it's like being a millwish isn't it <laughs>
2: you, you said it yeah well it was yeah it was you know but that paid the mortgage you had to do it and then okay when you got football at the weekend because i was i wasn't part-time i was doing you know my passion was always sport and you know and i had a great sports editor he saw that and he pushed and pushed and pushed and finally i got it but i still had to do the news jobs to pay the mortgage
0: I, I, I'm sitting with the book, so for those anyone listening, obviously I hope you are um, I've got Dickie's book in front of me and what I wanted to do is kind of flick through it and asking some questions and I'm stopping and while I'm listening to Dickie I'm looking at pictures going I didn't know you were there, oh wow I didn't know you got that photo, I'm just looking at the one of Oli Gunny Solskjaer um, Champions League final, in the Champions League yeah, yeah. and obviously these are all still uh, pre-digital so um, I, I know we briefly touched on on it before but obviously going through the book you've had to spend time going through the um negatives and the plates before you get into digital i mean what was the process of when you first started putting the book together i'm obviously you knew it was chronological but did you have a kind of idea at the beginning of like what you want to include what you can include um and getting the mix right of, of the different sports because i mean the way it's laid out it's just got some such iconic images and i do hope this book becomes available in the u.s because it really will be a waste if if, if it doesn't get international viewing i hear it is but, i um, hear
2: he's going to america it'll be there for christmas that's, that's what i'm hearing
0: brilliant so at the pro i mean you've turned the book around pretty quick to be fair because i know when we when we spoke about the idea of it was like i say at the world cup and then when you were at in march this year you were at the photography show it was really kind of yeah the book's happening i mean i I've, I've been writing a book and i know how long it's taken me how many like has this been hours per day you've been spending on it because this i know i realized it's another designers put it together
2: i meticulously remembered them words what monty said to me years ago and i think it was about Six or seven years ago, I I'd enter a com I'd enter all the competitions I could every year. But I I meticulously jam me the first, create a file, competition two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I and everything is saved. I saved all my best raw images, so I know that I've got them. So they're all on a Drobo hard drive, and they're backed up again on a Drobo hard drive because you can never back up enough, can you? And oh this- no, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think four years ago I had a massive corruption on the on the drive, but that it, it's where the Drobo saved me. It, it said, "Right, you got a problem. We're rebacking up. We're re-backing up." And luckily, it saved everything. Okay, are they I had the I had the JPEGs, but you still can't beat having a raw file. And I had the raw files, but you know, as I said, I just needed to get a few neg- negatives out out of the library on. But I I had them already, but I wanted to go back just to check, like the famous Gascoigne goal. There's only one. Yeah. There's one there's one picture of him the Gascoigne goal is when he sprays all the water in his mouth. It makes a brilliant celebration. But when we found the negatives, there was when Gaza brought the ball down. Then you look at the crowd behind and they're all like, bated breath, and he hits it. The crowd jump up in the air. Then we found a remote of it. Because I remembered, I, 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 can't, I couldn't even remember, but I had a remote camera. And that remote camera had 36 exposures and I was firing it off a foot pedal nothing you know via cable so that's in the book as well you just want it to check but every time you just found the images it's like oh wow look i've got that as well i didn't send that picture
0: that's great that you're organized though i mean that's a lot because i know i'm i'm the world's worst and you kind of think oh where did i save that but yeah yeah to have that kind of chronological saving backing it up and being able to go back and go through all these i mean that they are i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna keep saying it i have to stop saying it but some of these images mate are just you know and i know you, you've you got some great peers as well i know there's some good photographers out there same age as you have been been around for this time but mm-hmm. it just the other thing that shows and me and glenn have talked about this before is is when you love what you do it comes out in the photography as well mm-hmm. Because you become you become part of the sport you be you become part of the experience you're there you're like the silent mm. the silent pair of eyes but you can you can just see through the images that the response and the reaction you get out the the sports people mm. plus you knowing you becoming like knowing the heartbeat of the sport you know you know when that jump is coming you know when that punch is going to be thrown. It's the, I guess it's just something that you're going to say to budding photographers is you've just got to get out there and keep shooting and keep practicing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some lad, tech, oh, I want to do boxing. I want to do this. I want to do that. I, I, how do I get in to do a big fight like this weekend, Lamachenko versus Cat. I said, mate, you've got to do your time. Just build it up. Go to local fights and things like that. You can't just jump in, you, you know. If, you know, now they, I think boxing's down to five photographers at ringside now because there's so many social media cameramen working for motors and sky want super slow motion cameras in yeah. in our positions, but they make great pictures for TV. Yeah, you just got to do your time, haven't you? We're the luckiest people when we do boxing. I always say we're sitting on the edge of the world because everyone else is behind us, and it's true, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's true. You sitting are sitting on I the mean, edge you... of
2: the world, you've got the best seat in the house, no one can beat you. That become...
0: seat you become part of... It's like I always think it's funny when you're watching the, I don't know, World Cup. More Olympics, more athletics, is when you see something happening, like all the photographers are running on the track and they're all trying to jostle for prime position. Yeah. And as you say, you know, as time's gone on, cameras are more accessible. Everyone's a photographer. There's, you know, there's three, four times as many photographers in the stadium. I guess it goes back to the thing of your relationship with the sportsmen and women you knowing the the sweet spots in the stadium where they're going to go yeah. and it's just getting in there and getting that shot and like you say you know you're shooting for for one outlet everyone else is shooting for the other outlet but back in the day you know you'd have to wait before it appeared in the in the paper or magazine now it's you know shot on online in a, minutes a minute minutes, it's on the, minutes yeah boxing on now the we're,
2: website we're, and yeah yeah boxing we're doing a rolling blog you know i'm firing the pictures my daughter's sitting behind me she's filing the pictures and they're going instantly off in the instant blog and then there's you know every fight's online all the time football is exactly the same you're sending the pictures to a remote editor and they're live blogging it as soon as the final whistle goes the match reports in the pictures are in the story and the paper comes after yeah. that
0: It's it was funny you know i I've I've been clearing out some stuff and I've got like a ton of old football programs. And I actually Mm. found some old newspapers I'd kept from, you know what it's like, you keep newspapers from the Royal Wedding Mm. and and like, you know, 9-11 or just weird things in history where you keep a paper. And it was funny because the fact that the ones I had were so old. It was quite weird picking them up, thinking, "Wow, we, you know, we used to have to wait until the next day." Correct. We used to have to either you get that kind of late night that that Saturday night for Sunday morning early edition, which That's I do. It. I yeah. I did have the Princess Diana one. I actually had the, I actually had a newspaper. I've still got it of the the news of Princess Diana on august the 31st wow. and 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 the front page is that she was hurt mm-hmm. um and obviously the next day it all happened but yeah you, you just think back in the day we used to be happy with a you know a, a black and white photo on the back page yeah. with that funny little half-tone print mm-hmm. um you know new guys being out there and these days, you've got, you know, you can see down to the colour of their eyes, yeah, and yeah. get getting in close. I've
2: got a complete, I got, I got a complete set of prints of Princess Diana's uh, wedding with Prince Charles because I was in the dark rooms and we printed the official rotors for that. and I got a complete set of wedding pictures <laughs> at the album. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, I, think, I just, I thought you're never going to get better than this so you've got
0: i've got the album i've never <laughs> sell little, it i will never sell it yeah it's just nice No, draft. but it's historical no. it's just yeah. it's a historical thing yeah so before we carry on let's just have a quick word from our partners we'd like to thank flown.com for being a partner of he shoots he draws FLIRN make learning fun and engaging with an extensive library of pro tutorials for Photoshop, Lightroom, and photography at all levels of expertise, from beginners to advanced. You can get started on FLIRN from just $9.95 a month, which gives you access to over 140 tutorials, covering photo editing, retouching, compositing, software basics, photography, and much, much more. There's new tutorials every month and you can cancel at any time. For He Shoots, He Draws listeners, you can use code GETPRO20, that's G-E-T-P-R-O number 20, to get 20% off when you sign up. Check out FLEARN.com today. So going back to the book then, Dickie, um, obviously, you know, going through these chronological... Did you have like a favorite, a sweet year where you where just everything fell into place, like all the all the events happened? Was there just that one year that you remember that you think, oh, that what I was, I worked my socks off that year, but it showed.
2: I think London 2012 was massive. That was a huge year for us as well. We had a European, we had a Wimbledon, didn't we? We had a European Championship, and then we just had the amazing Olympic Games. The weather was brilliant, wasn't it? The pictures were amazing. The first uh, we we didn't win a medal on the first day, which was supposed to do. I think it was Mark Cavendish, and then all of a sudden we got a silver in the cycling. It just went from stronger to stronger. You got that picture of uh, Bradley Wiggins coming over the time trial line with the Olympic yeah. rings in his visor. That was an incredible picture. Super Saturday we had. Do you remember that? There was a Super Saturday. Yeah. Greg Rutherford he he won, didn't he? Then Jess came across the line. There's a beautiful remote picture of that. And then there was Mo Farah as well. It was just an incredible Saturday. It was brilliant. And then
0: no, it, it was a great year.
2: Then it then it went on again. Andy Murray won his first, and I always say Andy Murray won his first Wimbledon at the Olympic Games. Ever, because I was only me and my mate there photographing it. They all being glory hunters photographing the uh, Usain Bolt hundred metres final. But I went to see Andy Murray win Wimbledon for the first time.
0: Oh, nice one! <laughs> it,
2: it's just yeah, it was just the sort of amazing moments in there for me. There was Lennox Lewis winning undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Photographing Michael Jackson with Prince Nazim Hamid in America—that was incredible.
0: Uh, Okay, what was that all about?
2: I got on really well. I got on really, really well with Naz. He was, you know, he was a great boxer. You know, he was a world champion for American people. He was—he just beat everybody, and and he went to America to fight in New York. He was fighting a guy named Kevin Kelly. But more and more, the fighters get towards the fight day; they get more and more wound up. But I persuaded him to meet me in Times Square, to do a picture of him in Times Square, all the lights. All of a sudden, it was early days of mobile phones. Meet me at the gym. Don't meet me in Times Square. And I'm thinking, oh, Christ, I need this picture so badly. And uh, get to the gym. and, And, you know, his people said, right, put your cameras in the corner. and Don't photograph anything, whatever happens in this gym. And I'm going, what are you on about? And they went, just wait and see. These two massive bodyguards walk in. They were huge. I've never seen bodyguards like it in my life. Next thing, Michael Jackson walks in the gym and it's like, oh, my God. I, I thought it was a wind up, but it it was. It was, So Michael Jackson is on the edge of the ring and Prince Nazim Hamid is playing I Want to Rock with You and he's moon dancing in front of Michael Jackson and I cannot lift the no. camera. Yeah. I had these. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was moon dancing in front of Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson was clicking his fingers and he was just loving it. And I'm sitting there going, this can't be happening to me. And I just couldn't take what it. What were you even there for? I <laughs> know. Oh, so. Rub your face in it. An, an hour an hour's passed and I'm sitting there, what can I do? What can I do? No mobile phones in them day. So. Yeah. Michael gets bored of this in the end. He said, right, I'm going now," And I've got to And as I went, there's what about me oh dicky dicky come over here meet michael and of course i got the camera and i got three frames off him with michael jackson and it was just like all his brothers were trying to get pictures but the, and i got that shot and it was just <laughs> incredible and i remember taking it to a uh, a one-hour developing lab I, I i wasn't trusting myself to death this film in a hotel room it was just valuable this 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 thing so uh i took it to a one-hour lab and I stayed in the one hour lab, and the, the fellow went, "Do you want to print?" So I went, "Yeah, yeah, can you print that, please?" And it comes out, and he's looking at me, and He's gone, "Michael Jackson." I went, "Yeah," like that. <laughs> and so, I, is I, that in, so, is that in the book? So, yes, yeah, in the book. Yeah, it's in the book. And I and I, I, I was just I was buzzing, and I, I rang Mark, my, my boxing reporter. His name was Colin Hart, and he's he was old school, old school boxing reporter. And I rang, I said. You would never guess who I've just got uh, Prince Prince Man with. I said, I've got him with the greatest. He went, You've got him with Muhammad Ali and I went, No, I've got him with I've got him with Michael Jackson. He went, Do me a favour <laughs> and he put the phone down on me. And of course, you know, word was getting around that that I had this picture. you know, I had this picture and then my boss rang me and he went, You've got Michael Jackson, yeah. I went, Yeah, I've got him. He said, "Brilliant!" And I got, I sent all the pictures, and I went out for dinner. And I was well chuffed for myself. And my, my good mate Mickey Brennan, he t- he left a message on my answer phone, and he went, "Dicky, get out of my town," because <laughs> he worked for the Daily Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of my town. <laughs> and what was he like? Nice guy? Yeah, he was alright. He knew, he knew it was business. Yeah. He knew oh, it good. was business. Yeah, he knew it was business. And then it was a brilliant fight. You know, Michael, you know, Michael Jackson didn't go to the fight. He thought Kevin Kelly had had an absolute war at Madison Square Garden. It was it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But to go away to America and get a pick like that is just so good.
0: Oh yeah. To nail that. Have you ever been have you ever had a situation where you've been like a little bit starstruck, where you've just kind of had to get over that moment of, you know, like Michael Jackson and I guess, you know, Princess Diana to some extent, but have you ever had like a real dicky starstruck moment where you've met an absolute hero and kind of had to get past it to then do your job
2: i went when i was working for alpha i photographed the uh, Cannes film festival It was a photo call with clint eastwood and uh, we'd finished the photo call and there was about a line of 20 photographers and clint eastwood came over and he shook every photographer's hand and it's like oh my god i'm meeting clint eastwood here it was just brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah, a, everyone used to love the Dirty Harry films, didn't they? And things like that. But to me, oh. to shake Clint, I didn't meet him, I shook Clint Eastwood's hand. That was like, wow. I photographed uh, Stallone, I photographed Stallone, I photographed Robert De Niro, but it was never a handshaking moment like that. It's just, you know, a quick picture, job done. But. He actually took time and shook all the photographers' hand on the line. That was just brilliant. That was great. No, that's
0: you so, never, you'd never, he'd never, he'd
2: never felt, uh, You know, in my situation. You know, I'd, ne- I'd never speak to roles here or anything like. That, but I t- as I said to you, Gavas, he has without a doubt, definitely. And our
0: yeah. roll photographer, like, he's, our he's earned his stripes as well. Correct. He's, uh, he's he's well earned his stripes. Correct. I know. Like I've i've had a couple of situations through my older brother where i've where i've met not necessarily someone i'm absolutely starstruck by but somebody it's like oh wow you're kevin costner or oh you're brian adams it's it's more of a, i'm suddenly in a room with someone and it's kind of okay that's so and so i'm not going to geek out over it but it's actually just nice to be there we've we've not met a couple of my shaken hands with a couple of them like have been introduced and it's been a nod but it, i think probably the only time i i actually really properly like got nervous was um in chicago and i got to meet dan Aykroyd, wow. and i'm a big blues brothers fan big comedy fan and it was just all the stars aligned it was backstage at a rolling stones gig everyone like I had two or three people helping me because they knew i wanted to meet him yeah and we just had to plan it meticulously and i was able to walk up shook his hand said i love your films love your music i love your comedy it's great to meet you and then like he got his mouth organ out, harmonica, and started playing it as he walked upstairs to go out on stage for the Blues Brothers gig he was wow. doing. It was with Jim Belushi, but he was like one of those people I never I never thought in my life I'd ever get to meet. Mm. So it's nice, you know, for you that you're in a situation where these sports people have got famous friends and they are going to, like, introduce you, you're going to walk in and there's going to be Michael Jackson or, you know, whoever. Oh, what about sporting heroes? Is there any... Has there been any real, like, I know you're a big West Ham fan, but did you ever get to shoot any of the, like, the World Cup uh, lads in any situation or meet them?
2: Beckham, when I won sports over the year with that picture in the book of Beckham, that was really, really good because he knew I took it and then we was all at an England media day doing his media duties and I I had to take the picture because I wanted it signed without a doubt. And he, he, like... Beck seen me, and he come over, and he went, oh, that was a nice picture you took. I went, you done all the work. All I did was take it. I said, <laughs> <laughs> will you sign a picture for me? I've got one for you. I gave him one. And, you know, it was that. It was good. But, yeah, he's huge in America, really, he, Beckham? I got oh, yeah. Great, great story with Beckham. I remember I went there to photograph his uh, last ever game for the LA Galaxy, and uh, it was out of my time difference. But I just – I went to photograph the training session, and, and there was me – and this one other guy, he was an American photographer, but he, he was British. He stayed there all the time. He was doing Beckham. And Bex knew I was there that he was just... They were just doing their light, light warm-up because you get 15 minutes when you photograph these people. And Bex is running around. He's got a ball. And he looked up and he hit this ball about 60 yards. And this ball's coming towards me. And I just moved the 400 mil to one side and banged it back with my head and put it bang <laughs> into his path. <laughs> and all the LA Galaxy players applauded me and my mate was there to witness
0: that it was so good oh sweet that was class Yeah. Oh. so jumping back in the book yeah go back to it because we want to keep plugging this away and uh, it's it's available on Amazon I'm just going to quickly we can talk about it at the end but it's available on Amazon and it's through Pitch Publishing yeah there's something else I'd, I'd noticed in there that obviously happens in sport is you get the farewells you get the the runner's last race and you get the footballer's last game if I guess you've seen a few of those now, and you've been there as a as a sports person to finish their career. Mm. How how does that feel? Where like maybe you've you know, followed them for a few years. I guess there's a little tinge of sadness, but to, but to be there when they finish. But yeah, you know, I'm you know looking at just looking at the sports people through, and you're thinking, no, the like the boxer's last boxing match. I know you've had a couple of sad ones, mm. um, and and footballers, you know, retiring. Mm. But have you? um, like, do you miss? Oh, do you do you miss anybody that used to be really? I know Wright is obviously one of them, but I I guess there's a there's there's less personalities. Like when you go back to the beginning of the book, you got Gascoigne dressing up, and yeah. you got these players who are game for a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I guess when those characters retire, you sort of you do miss them. It's the
2: end of an era, of course it is, because you in a way, I think he was about. They were near. I think Wright is near enough the same age as me, and Gascoigne is the same age. So I suppose that's why you had a similar sort of click. And once they retire, you've got to get on with the next generation, have you? And then I remember seeing Beckham as an eighteen, nineteen year old, and see his career ending, and then the, the newer sort of players are coming through. But then you can't get in with them players because it's all agents, etc., etc. et cetera. you got yeah. John John Terry? You know, it was a nice. You know, he, I felt quite quite sad for him when he retired, John Terry, because you know, there's a picture of him in. I think on in there it, with a little tear in his eye. You you feel sorry for him. Of course you do. It's the end of their career. They only get eight to ten years at the top, don't you? They're being cast away, aren't they? Okay, I've got that nice picture of John Terry crying his eyes out after missing the penalty shootout in uh, Moscow. That won me something. Yeah, big moments like that. Yeah, but it it, it is sad, isn't it? Uh, Athletes. Yeah, Mo Usain Bolt. Ma, Usain Bolt. Yes, and I was privileged to photograph Usain Bolt. I wasn't an athletics photographer like brilliant photographers like someone like Mark Sherman that does it all the time. But when you go into an Olympic Games, yeah, it, it is their last race. I, I think it was in the world, world, the World Athletics when there's a the picture with him bowing out, wasn't it? In and uh, in, yeah, in the in the two years ago, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, I suppose it's that's the big story of the night. So you're just doing your job. But when it comes to a footballer, when you get quite close to these footballers and they're retiring, yeah, that's quite sad, definitely,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's nice that they stay in the sport. And uh, do you know, I was just looking at the picture of Usain Bolt, where um, who's the guy kneeling down in front of him? Is it Gat- uh, is it Gatlin? I can't see for the caption. It could be Gatlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Gatlin. Well, he had and uh, his
2: issues with uh, some uh, with some tests, didn't he? And of course. Yes, he did. He was yes. banned, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But obviously, Usain Bolt was the big golden boy, and he and he beat him, didn't he? He beat him. Yeah. Gatling bails down to him, doesn't he? And luckily for me, I'm in pole position. <laughs> but Usain Bolt, turning away, he's not even looking at him.
0: I know he's looking up at something. <laughs> exactly. What do you know? What I love about that picture that, that I just stopped on and wanted to get to this is. So, this is page 283 when you get the book. It's a picture of Usain Bolt. He's looking away. Gatlin's kind of kneeling down in front of him. We're not worthy. In the background, there's one, two, three, four, five photographers. Infield photo-
2: in photographers, as well, which field photographers is
0: the best in, position in the image, yeah. right? And all I know there is one, two, three, four... I'm going to say five, because one and hidden. Five of those photographers have got that image from the other side and you're in the picture.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. How often do you... I mean, obviously, you know where you are. And and I know every time when I used to go and watch Keep Your we were on the telly, I'd always pick myself out in the crowd. Yeah. How many pictures out there have you seen where young Dickie has got his camera to his eye and he's in he's in some famous shots, but from the other side?
2: Well, oh, like the start of the book, you've got the picture of... Him. Lionel Messi running towards me celebrating, but luckily I've got my camera to my eye because my mate Dave Shockland took the picture and luckily I had the camera to my eye. That is so embarrassing when you don't have the camera to the eye, let me tell you. it's happened. Of course it's happened. Yeah, of course it's happened. But
0: Oh, yeah, I see that now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Lionel Messi's in the frame and then there's a the big punch-up at the, uh, not the punch-up, but the big push and shove at the end of the Ryder Cup a couple of pages long and I'm on the floor getting crushed to death. Uh David Davis took that PA you know and I did I f I didn't know who took that picture. I was really annoyed. Yeah, I was really annoyed. And there's one a little bit further along with Nigel Ben and my, my Mark Robinson took that and I, I I didn't know he took that. I wanted to byline him for the pictures. But
0: Yeah, Mark's a good lad as well. We met Mark. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He, he he rang me up and he said, You've used one of my pictures in your book. I went, No, I haven't, they're all mine. He went, You've used one of my pictures in your book. I went, I haven't. I've checked it. They're all my images. Meticulous I had the raw files. He went, you and Nigel Benn, yeah. I went. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's all your royalties got. That's the what. That to him, that's the best image in the old book. I was yeah. just looking as well. You met. You actually met an American president as well.
2: I did. I was at. Uh, I was at the Ryder Cup in. Uh, where was we? In in Spain. Uh, I was out of edition time, but I was shooting it because uh, Europe could get so far ahead on the Saturday. Uh, and I was photographing this particular match and I was working away. And all of a sudden it went really, really quiet when it was a like nice, and noisy point. And I thought, what's going on here? And looked to my right and George Bush was sitting right next to me. And it was like, "Uh, sorry, shall I just move up a bit? And he went, no, no, you're fine. You're working. No problem at all. And his security people, they were like, "Yep, yeah, you're cool. No problem at all. And he was talking about photography and exit. It was just tremendous. And I said, can I have a picture? And it,
0: I was gonna say in a rare photograph of you with somebody.
2: Yeah, I yeah, God, most powerfulest man in the world. I had to do that definitely. And my mate took it. Yeah, my mate took it. Leo. Yeah, Leo. Yeah, it
0: was good. Little fresh face, Dicky. Look at you with a big grin.
2: Oh, my my rinse was so bad in that picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, obviously that picture is of you and the president, and and you're in it. Yeah. So. Is that something you've cut over the years? You've sort of had to just fight off that... You're doing a job, correct. I, you, Yeah, you don't want to... You do want your picture taken with him, but at the same time, you don't want to become that bloke.
2: No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm not into all that. I'm not into all You know, look at... Okay, that's the only posed picture in the book. I remember there was a real... It was a real... I, I really want this. I think my mum's got it down her house. There's a picture of me walking through the airport with Gascoigne when he signed for Lazio. He'd literally come back home... And I was out of the way, and he went, Oh you? Come over here. And he grabbed me by the arm, and he made me walk through the airport with him, and all the photographers were taking pictures of me and him. And I went, get off, get off, I don't want to do this. And the, you know, oh. It was just a nice image. But I haven't got that I was trying to find that image, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't
0: find it it's anywhere. It's like you say it's the title of the book you know life behind the lens it's that you're doing your job that's what you do you've captured them i do love that i'm gonna talk about, i'm gonna blow smoke up your backside now because we're gonna to get to the end of time but um awards i know when we spoke on the last show you don't do it for the awards however you you have deserved the awards you've won because you know the the quality of the photography you've had i know we started with the Thurrock camera club junior photographer <laughs> of the year that's obviously a big one but over time i mean the page that it's on page 11 is a fantastic photograph for you laughing i'm guessing it's a boxing match and you're leaning in you're holding your camera and you're laughing at somebody yeah um so from awards point of view um just just tell us what you've won come on just just promote yourself a little bit let's let's justify why you've got a 290 page book no 320-page book sitting in front of me.
2: The only one I care about is the Sports Journalism Awards. That was the award. Uh, that was the one to win. I won it two years ago. That's that's the only one. That's the Holy Grail. If you can win the SJA, you know, you've got your name on a trophy. It's never going to be a taken away because the, the award's always going to happen. It goes right back to oh, the 70s, are here. Yeah, the Ed Lacey Trophy. That, that's the one to win and yeah. I've won it. That's it. No one can ever take that away from me. Yeah, I've won. That's your Oscar. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And if I could get anywhere nearer to win it again, it'd be so good. I know photographers that have won it twice, three times. I've won it once. That's that, that's good enough for me. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still fighting to try and win them sort of things again.
1: He Shoots, He Draws is sponsored by X-Rite. X-Rite bring you the very best professional colour management tools in the industry, offering you the flexibility you need to easily achieve precise colour every time. Check out the brand new i1 Display Studio and i1 Display Pro Plus, both enabling you to calibrate and profile desktop monitors, laptops, projectors and mobile devices for consistent, accurate colour. Each device uses its own simple and clear interface, giving you the most control and confidence so that you'll always get the most accurate colours, the best blacks, shadows and dark colours with consistent monitor-to-print matching. Save time, money and frustration by using x professional calibration tools. He Shoots, He Draws listeners can get 25% off by visiting xritephoto.eu and using the code COLOUR Twenty-five. that's
0: c-o-l-o-u-r-2-5 do you think it's harder to not that like like you say you're doing a job you're not out to win awards but awards are nice and justify what you're doing yeah do you think it's harder now to win those awards purely because of the high level of what a camera can get now and how fast you can shoot yeah is, you know back in the 70s it was a one shot you know one shot and done you win a trophy now it's you're picking going through picking one out of 300 images of one you know of 20 seconds of something do you can you still i'm sure when you when you get the photos and you know the ones you've won do you just pull it back and go i'm entering that that that's i'm i'm happy with that
2: yeah yeah, that, 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 that's, I told you, I, I saved my files. If I know I've taken a decent picture, it gets saved in a folder, ready to go for the end of the year. Last year, okay, I managed to win a biggie newspaper newspaper, but I didn't manage to win the SJA. Tomo won it with motor racing, and it was a brilliant, brilliant portfolio and an amazing uh, crash picture of a car rolling over, and then spinning over, it was it was it was a great picture. Wow. He beat my boxing picture of that. Okay, I had one frame of my boxer, and it was gum shield, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yes, and it's a great photo as well. Yeah,
2: but it's not every day you get a Formula One car turning over over the top, and you know the driver not, you know, fate, you know, a fatality happening, was it? yeah
0: yeah especially what's uh, happened this weekend it's a sad weekend for that as well yeah and also obviously society of editors sports photographer of the year 2018 2019 there's there's still nothing to sniff about Dickie. there's still you know amongst your peers and in the industry to still like be out be out there being one of the guys that's in the final you've you've you know you've got the ability to put those images forward
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for that, no.
0: Are you are you going to need a bigger mantelpiece yet? Do you think there's still more in you for that?
2: Uh, I'm going to be pushing, don't worry about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when's the next batch of awards? Is it all next year again all now? Are you just like filling yeah, like, fill get... your portfolio now?
2: Yeah, Cricket World Cup's been good. I've had a good uh I've had a good uh I've had a good uh women's World Cup, cup of good and I've had a great Premier League as well. And I've got a great underwater picture that's gonna surprise a lot of people. No one's seen it yet.
0: I've I've seen it, you have shown me. Okay.
2: I've right. I oh, you alright. You I'm not
0: gonna give yeah yeah, I'm not gonna give anything away, but I have seen it and, and it is an absolute beaut. Yeah. And, it, and like you say, it was a preview. When I looked at it, it's just like, oh, you just so know how to get it. Because <laughs> I remember we when we spoke in the last interview, um, when you were off your feet, you obviously spent that time learning and trying other skills. Mm. And uh, and I know and I know you from from getting to know you over the time that it's you will experiment. You do try stuff, and you'll say, oh, I'm off to the studio, and I've got these people in. and We're going to try this. And I know some of the shots. And in fact, I've put some of your shots in my book. Um, so thank you for that. Oh, thanks. I'll give you the bill yet. But um, no, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I know some of those studio shots. They weren't. They weren't necessarily just like action shots. Is you you do get them in the studio, and mm. you, I see you've been posting this week. You've had a couple of boxers and you often have footballers, and yeah, you have to go in and, and get those kind of um, meet and greet. Yeah. get the shot. Mm. Um, but it, but it's lovely to follow your Instagram and just see like how active you are and what you're doing. Mm um so you know for anyone listening i i could talk to dickie for hours i'm not going to because we do need to keep it to an hour tonight um but i will say go on to amazon or pitch publishing uh so it's called a life behind the lens by you have to look at richard pelham because i keep putting dickie in, it yeah, won't find yeah, you yeah. don't dickie yeah um so it's pitch publishing so that's p-i-t-c-h uh on twitter they're at pitch publishing if you do get the book, make sure you use the hashtag uh, Our Life Behind the Lens. Let everyone know, you know you've got it and, and share it out there. Um, pitchpublishing.co.uk is the website. It, like Dickie says, it will be available in America for Christmas. Uh, and I strongly... I know we've organised one to go to a mutual friend of ours. So um, I think once he gets it, he'll be quite surprised by, by what's in it, which should be nice. I'm going to get mine signed from you Signed from you next time I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, mate, I mean, 30 years already in that book, there's got to be a reprint of this over the next few years. There's got to be a a few more good shots added in there. I know you've got it in you, and I know sport in itself is just getting so good at the moment. These events are just incredible. You know, there there seems to be more iconic events each each event as it comes round, and you're still getting your miles in. Yeah, yeah, we got a Lip- Judith Chalmers. We got the we got, <laughs>
2: got the Olympic Games next year. We're in Tokyo. That should be good. And we have got a European Football Championships, and it's on our own doorstep. So hopefully on our turf. Yeah. yeah, we could do quite well at it.
0: That'd be nice having that at Wembley. No, definitely. But what have you over? Ne- what have you got over the next couple of weeks coming up? Just before we go
2: back to the cricket tomorrow. That for our US. Uh, Listeners, it's a a big, big uh, match between England and Australia. And it's the fourth test. We're we're drawing 1-1 at the moment. Five days of uh, hard cricket in Manchester. Hopefully we'll get a uh, a result into that one. Take it to 2-1 and then it goes to the Oval for the final test. But we must, it's like baseball, you must uh, win the series. You can't draw it. You've got to win it to, uh, to win the Ashes.
0: And yeah, and for those listening in America, the Ashes is a big thing for English cricket. It's on. It's, it, I, is, I, it's on. The it's zone. our World Series. Yeah, it's on. The
2: Zone. The Zone apparently uh, are showing it in America because my mate uh, does all the boxing out there, and they said the Zone are showing it live.
0: Oh, nice. And football-wise, what you got coming up over the next couple of weeks? Because we have got an international break, so obviously. I'm um, not sure when this goes out, but England will have played uh, okay, early yeah. September.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing a Saturday. I'm being kept at the cricket. So I've got the one on Tuesday. And then uh, going diving with the Sharks after that for 10 days in Egypt. Try out the new underwater housing and then back onto the uh, football beat.
0: Nice. So when when are we going to see a coffee table of your diving stuff?
2: Yeah, I'm, not that... Yeah, I'm not that good. that. <laughs>
0: You've got to be rubbish at something, mate. <laughs> I'm not that
2: good. It's a different ball game. There's some great, you know, I follow a load of uh, great uh, f- photographers. Uh, Chris, I think it's Chris Crassagrande. He, he does all the great white shark stuff in uh, Mexico and Guadalupe. And some of them pictures are incredible. You'd love to get anywhere near them. But as I say, I've spent a few quid on a housing now. And as you saw in my picture, it ain't a bad housing. I did we we didn't we didn't photograph a shark, did we? We've done the sports stuff.
0: No, keep and that's the thing, keep your hobby your hobby. Yeah. And enjoy it. Yeah. And don't don't be pressured by it. And it's great, you know, it's nice that you get that time off. And I know I can't imagine the miles you put in travelling around, pin push from pillar to post from like this event to that event. And also a little bit of sacrifices. Yeah, it's great. You get to sit you know, if we're in a World Cup final, you get to sit there. But if it's on the same day as, you know, a tennis match or a cricket match, you've also got to sacrifice that and and you know, pitch up for for the tournament. That's the the one that's going to sell papers. I yeah, guess. Yeah, totally. So yeah, you're going to get a good few days away, which is good to have a bit of a breather from sport. And uh, I, you know, me like many sports fans, we appreciate the time and miles that you put in to to bring out the images, so we can see, you know, that that front row seat of what's going on um but no thanks for being on again dickie really appreciate it like i said you know go and get this book if you're a sports fan go out and get this book a life behind the lens we want dickie to get a second print because every time something else goes to print there's more images going to be in it and i know you just got the the cricket world cup in the you sneaked it in the back of this Mm, one it was very tight Um, very tight
2: got the champions league final win and i didn't think we was going to get it but we got to say we got two pages on the cricket world final
0: good yeah that that was a bit of a result so uh yeah i'm gonna call it a night now i'm gonna say thank you dickie uh it's always a pleasure to talk to you and i hope we meet up soon we still have to have that curry with glenn i know we've been saying it for ages but the stars will align we will get to do it in in the meantime with jackie (laughs) yeah true yeah and and hopefully you'll come back to the photography show again next year as well ramping up for that looking forward to it but um cool well for now thanks dicky i'll put all the links on on the website and the show notes and everything and uh and hopefully i'll bump into you down at loftus road soon when we're back in the premier league so it'll be a long time long time before i see you it
2: will be a lot
0: prior <laughs> won't we <laughs> we will all right then cheers dicky i'll speak to you cheers,
2: soon Cheers. thank you <laughs>